After an exciting weekend of living out the vocation, I'm happy to be back hosting the radio show. I'm Adam Wright. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. Some fun stories to share if we have the time. But first, let's begin our morning and our week together in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It was a final weekend for one of the kids of soccer, and that's just another sport that has come to an end. Two down, one to go. We've got a couple more weekends of volleyball left in front of us, but that was part of the excitement this weekend and then, uh, you know, just at home, doing the home thing with the kids. I, You know, I, I'm not going to report to you that we went and did something extravagant or we went on a trip or we went and did that. We just lived out the vocation. Now, yesterday, for those of you in the St. Louis metro area, uh, really St. Louis Archdiocese, with kids in that middle school range, if you're looking at Catholic high schools, it was Catholic high school open house day. And so we met a lot of great people with our eldest daughter, second oldest kid, but our eldest daughter yesterday, or as I call her, the next in line. Uh, you know, that's what I was for many years. I was the next in line. Um, we we had a great time spent with her and really just getting that one-on-one time. I love getting that one-on-one time with the kids. And now I've got to think, what are we going to do with the one in line behind her? I, I might have to come up with some more creative nicknames for my kids Today on the show, we are going to talk about the ancient father's teaching on purgatory. We are going to hear from Father Schumacher about what are indulgences. And we are going to talk with Father Ken Geraci. I had a chance to sit down with Father last Friday and talk about the importance of praying the rosary and the chaplet of divine mercy in these times. Father Geraci is another father of mercy out of Auburn, Kentucky. So that's all ahead on the show. Let's first go to Mike Roberts for our weather and our saint of the day. Today is the feast day of St. Leonard the Hermit. Born in France in the 5th century, he came from a family of nobles in the court of King Clovis I. When an invading army threatened to overrun the king's forces, the queen asked Leonard to pray. Leonard's prayers were answered and the invaders were turned away. St. Remigius, Archbishop of Reims, used the victory as an opportunity to convert King Clovis, and in 496 he was baptized. This was a critical turning point because it ultimately led to the conversion of all of the Frankish people. Seeking a life of prayer and seclusion, Leonard became a hermit, but he was recalled by the queen when she was trying to bear a male child. Those prayers were answered, and Leonard was given a large share of the king's forest as thanks. Later, he asked to meet with those who were being held as prisoners and to release any he thought worthy. As a result, a large number of prisoners were freed. Many came to him as followers, and Leonard shared some of the land he'd been given for them to clear and make a new life for themselves. He attracted many followers, so he built a monastery and an oratory and never again left except to visit other churches. He died in 559. And after his death, churches were dedicated to Leonard in France, 
Belgium, Spain, Italy, Switzerland, Poland, and other countries. Pilgrims flock to his tomb, and in one small town in Bavaria, there are records of 4,000 favors granted through the intercession of St. Leonard. St. Leonard, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Daily Offering God the Father, I thank Thee for creating me. God the Son, I thank Thee for redeeming me. God the Holy Spirit, I thank Thee for sanctifying me. Infuse into my thoughts, words, and actions Thy grace, so that they may be supernaturally pleasing to Thee and supernaturally rewarding to me forever. O Blessed Trinity, Abundantly assist me in becoming that which thou intended me to become when thou created me. For in thy perfection I will give thee the glory thou desirest of me, and in that perfection I will find my greatest joy in heaven. Amen. I don't normally like to say this interview was pre-recorded uh, because we try to do as much on the radio broadcast live, but especially with these video interviews that we also post on YouTube, the nature is we do have to pre-record many of them. But I mention that today because I, I've got my maroon shirt on here with the Sacred Heart and our, our Covenant Network First Friday Reparation Team. And I want to make specific mention of that, that it is the first Friday today. We're going to be talking about sin. We're going to be talking about reparation. We're going to be talking about the importance of prayer and, you know, First Friday is a great reminder for us on that. But it's something that beyond First Friday we're called to do each and every day. Now, recently on the show, we had Father Wade Menezes from the Fathers of Mercy join us to talk about what we're afraid of and whether or not mortal sin and hell are on that list. And if they're not, why they should be. And we're going to go a little bit deeper today with the Fathers of Mercy. We're happy to welcome back Father Ken Geraci, who is another priest of the Fathers of Mercy, an itinerant mission preacher, to talk about some of the consequences of sin and why this is so important, not just because our Lord asked us to do these acts of reparation on First Fridays, not just because the Blessed Mother asked us to do works of reparation on the first Saturdays, um, but because sin is having very real consequences in our world. And the more that we turn away from God and say, you know what, we've got our own plan, We're, we, we don't need God as a culture as a people, uh, the worse it's going to get. Father Ken Geraci, it's so good to have you back with us here on Roadmap to Heaven, where today we're going to talk specifically about two acts of reparation, the Rosary and the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. Wonderful. Thanks for having me back. It's great being with you. So we, we talk about all of these things, and we talked about mortal sin, we talked about venial sin, and, and the whole recap I want to give here is that what does sin do? It separates us from God. Venial sin to a much smaller degree, not completely, but when we choose something that is grave matter that we know is grave matter and we choose to do it with full assent of our will, we commit a mortal sin and we are saying, you know what, God, I want to be cut off with you, from you, whether we use those words or not. That's going to have a very real effect in our lives. And as we've been saying on the show, uh, especially replaying those rosary or Marian apparition segments over the past few weeks, the Blessed Mother's been coming and saying, pray, pray. You think this is bad. If you don't convert, if you don't pray, it's only going to get worse. And any student of history who's paying attention would say, oh, you know what? She's telling the truth. It, it's only gotten worse as the years go on. So while this isn't necessarily a new message, pray the rosary, pray the chaplet of divine mercy, uh, it's certainly one that's becoming more and more urgent with each passing year. 
Right. And might I add on that, the message to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque in 1673, when our Lord appeared to her, he asked, he, he basically complained to his bride saying, I am sick and tired of being treated so poorly. Please return love for love and then make reparation before it's too late. The flames coming out of the sacred heart is not just I love you flames. It's that I am exhausting myself with with giving you patience, tolerating this behavior for the hope of our conversion, for our return to him. And he says, make reparations before it's too late. So I like to summarize the sacred heart message and divine mercy message in a single sentence each. The sacred heart is return love for love and do penance before it's too late. Divine mercy, it's too late. Before the day of justice is the hour of mercy. And so these two things are intimately united, and it just reinforces what we see at Fatima, at Akita, and all of these other messages. I, you know, I'm a parent. Our listeners know this. I share this quite a bit. And it's one of those things I think of as a father. How often do I say to my kids, look, I, I have great plans for us. Uh, you know, we had a day off recently from school, and they wanted to go spend some time with uh, their cousins, play all day. And I said, I want you to be able to do this. I want you to be able to do these things you love. But you have to clean your room. I mean, that's something we can't keep putting aside. You, we cannot live in a state of chaos and disarray and filth. We have to do the dishes. We have to take the trash out. Now, these are just temporal concerns that have to do with well-being and healthy living on, on this side of the veil. And at a certain point as dad, I have to step in and say, listen, fun time is over. I have been asking you and asking you and asking you again and again and again, but you have reached the limit. And now yes. I must step in and be the enforcer. And I can only imagine, Father, that as much as I do that as an earthly father, what our Heavenly Father is thinking or saying right now. Well, I think this is probably the best part of the message that our Lord comes to reveal God as Father, to recognize how patient and loving He is, but yet there is a line. You know, the, people say, well, you know, how could a good and loving God condemn someone to hell? And, and the response is that God doesn't condemn anyone to hell. He simply reveals to us at the end of our life what our choices are and what the consequence of those choices result in. And that's eternal damnation. So it's that and God's going to show us in every moment of our life for anyone who was condemned to hell, how he was there at every critical moment offering them an opportunity for repentance, for conversion, to just take take his hand and step away, yet the obstinance of our heart. And so, you know, there are families that have to exercise what we call tough love. I'd like to ask for a moment about uh, the devil and the demons being at work, because I know that for me as a kid, especially looking back now at when I was a kid, there was always that question of how much can I get away with? Like, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I would kind of push mom and dad, like, how far can I take this? How close to the line can I get? Oh, can I go over the line before the consequences will step in? And I look at everything that's happening in the world. And I think back to when I was a kid growing up, there were things that were great. There were things that like, oh, why, why did that happen? I want to say my first real memorable experience with evil in the world was the Oklahoma City bombing in the mid-90s. And just that question of why would someone do this? Uh, the, the kids were asking me just the other day, Dad, where were you 
on September 11th. Um, and we, we saw the effects of greed with the economic collapse in 2008. Um, it, it, there are any number of examples. And Father, I feel like more and more I see it, it's not that there weren't things to be concerned about years ago, but I feel like the devil's doing exactly what I did as a kid. How how close can I get to the line? How far can I push this? What can I get away with? Is that accurate to say that's happening right now? Well, I think the devil has always had his foot on the gas pedal and pushing it. I don't think I would blame the devil trying to figure out how close he can get, but I think he's pushing us saying, how far can I get them to go? And so it's it's a play on what you're just saying, simply by saying, we have numbed ourselves. We have become so intoxicated in the world that Every single person, every single person on this planet is affected by the previous generation's apathy and insobriety and tolerance towards evil to the point where what we watch on a regular television today, if it came on the TV 50 years ago, that TV would have been shattered to a million pieces. But today we just shrug our shoulders and move on. So so it's a numbing. It's The devil only takes what we give him, and we are giving him a lot. So it's... It, it's that he's always been pushing that gas pedal, as, as you say, trying to see what he can get away with. And before, there used to be a lot more people saying, no, we're, we're not we're not on board with this. We don't want this. And now he's just being given more and more free reign as our culture. You know, I'm not even going to say becomes more secular. It's, it, there's no denying we live in a secular culture. Uh, many have said we're, we're out of the age of Christendom. Christendom is now over. We're back in, in apostolic times where we're the minority and we're out there trying to evangelize as best we can. Um, and and I mention that because I think this comes back to the importance of the message. You, you and I got together a few weeks ago when you were in St. Louis and we were talking about this. This isn't just about pray because the Blessed Mother said to pray. This isn't just about pray because our Lord says to pray. Uh, it, it's because they're, they're telling us to pray because there are effects of prayer and that we receive graces. And, and that's a conversation that, unfortunately, I think is lost, too, that this isn't just about be a good Catholic, say your prayers. It's say your prayers because you're going to get grace to help you say, whoa, hold on, Satan, not today. I don't want anything to do with this. I'm going to go over here and be with the Father. I'm going to go be let the Blessed Mother take me away from you and to her son and be in there, the Holy Trinity's protection. And if we're not praying, we're not asking for that grace. We're not even looking for them to take us to a, a safe place. Well, and I think that's not to make this shameless and selfish promotion here, but that's one of the things that I try to tackle in my book, Spiritual Warfare and Divine Mercy, is how do we get ourselves on the offensive, not always be coming from this place of responding to evil, but rather being out in front of it and being on the offensive to take back ground, to regain souls. It's not that hard to re recapture souls that were taken by the devil. We just have to apply ourselves to that battle. So with that, we, we talk about, you know, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, a prayer every day, 3 o'clock. I know people, they get up at 3 in the morning and pray at 2. You know, that, that old phrase, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Well, it's, it's 3 o'clock somewhere. You can pray the Chaplet any hour of the day. Uh, pray that rosary each and every day. What are some of those things we should be doing, you know, for both defense and offense to say, you know, not only do I want to be protected against the acts of the devil, but I, I don't even want to have to say, all right, he's here, let's throw up the walls of protection. I want to be getting the house ready so that he says, you, you know, as the saying goes here in, in the city where I live, if all your neighbors keep their porch light off, but you keep your porch light on, guess which house the, the thief is most likely not going to pick? How do I get that spiritual porch light on so the devil says, you know what, I, I, I don't want to mess with that guy. 
Yeah. Yeah. Let's just like, I mean, that's what they say about armed robberies is that if you look like you're going to put up any type of resistance, they're going to move on to someone else. Bad guys don't want to do any extra work. That's why they're bad. Right. So, um, so when we look at this, I, I think the fundamental principle I give to anybody who ever asks for any kind of spiritual advice or spiritual direction is what is your daily plan of prayer? In your mind, at the end of the day, Adam, if I were to ask you, what does your prayer life look like? How did you pray today? You know, we should have our minimum, the prayers that we feel that God has asked us to say every single day, and that's our minimum. And then what's the ideal, right? So for a person like myself, I need to pray at least one rosary, at least one chaplet every day, right? And then how can I add to that, right? So for a person who is a lay person, you know, let's examine what your schedule looks like. If we can't figure out how to give God one hour of prayer throughout our day, we're simply not managing our day well enough. Many people are going to say, and one hour, that's a lot. It's not. Not if you break it into four 15-minute periods. I mean, if you can't set aside four 15-minute periods throughout your day for God, my thesis is, is that you don't know how to manage your time or your life. Now, with the exception of the homeschool mom, right? <laughs> so any homeschool moms, I'm like, I'm going to cut you guys a little more slack. But even there, you may have to break it up into six, 10-minute periods or or whatever that comes out to, you know? So it's this whole thing of of really looking for trying to make prayer priority, because if we do, that's where we're successful. Now, one of the other questions I, I've been really wrestling with is how to address this, because it came up, as, as we like to joke around, the Wright Institute for Theological Discourse. Here, here's one of the questions recently. I read someone say, you know, you don't need to do all these things. You just went to Mass, which is the highest form of prayer. So, you know, everything after that, it, the point the, uh, the author was making was that it was a little superfluous. And I said, hold on now. Dad's going to step in here and say, first off, Mass Source and summit. The Eucharist is the source and summit of our life as Catholics. I am not trying to downplay the Mass. However, we can go to the Blessed Mother, any number of saints, church fathers, doctors of the church, popes, bishops, priests, who have all said, and pray, you know, that, yes, receiving our Lord in Holy Communion in a state of grace is probably, as I would like to say, the most grace I'm going to receive in any given day. But that doesn't mean you don't go pray in between. And that's what you're talking about here is that it's not just a one and done. This is throughout the day, or as St. Paul says, pray always without ceasing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find that a very naive statement is that if you've just gone to Mass, we have to remember grace is received according to the mode of the receiver. Right. And so so though we've just participated in the source and summit of our faith, I mean, if that was the case, literally, there's a mass being offered at any given moment throughout the day somewhere in the world. So shouldn't that render evil, you know, like only give it like little seven minute windows, you know, throughout world history to work? I mean, so we have to recognize that we have a role to play. It's just like fitness or exercise or a sport. Right. You're never going to get better. You're never going to excel unless you are committed to the program and a daily plan of prayer, a life of prayer, a commitment to the sacraments, meaning going to confession on a schedule. The minimum is one confession a year. That's a precept of the church. But for a faithful Catholic, if you're not going once a quarter, I don't think you're I don't think you're in the game. 
ideally, we should go once a month. Now, again, families with children, that makes it very difficult. But if our goal is once a month, that's a very manageable thing. I mean, it's, you know, we just finished October. Did I go to confession in October? Yes or no? You know, it, it gives you 12 opportunities to really be invested in this and say, am I taking my call to conversion seriously? Am I really seeking to take sin seriously? And I'm taking, am I taking this life of grace that God wishes to give me seriously? So there is so much more meat on the bone than just check that one box. Yeah, and a little pro tip here, by the way, for families. Uh, some months, the rites, we all like we all need to go. It's first Saturday is a great reminder for us. Let's go to confession today. And some first Saturdays, it's very practical. Everybody hop in the van. We're just going to go, and then we'll stay for 430 Mass. Uh, our parish has exposition before 430 Mass. So during confessions, our Lord is exposed in the monstrance on the altar. It's a great time to pray. Other times, you know, maybe two of the kids, they're, they're just an extra handful. So I'll turn to my wife and say, why don't you go today? And then next Saturday, I'll go with these two kids. And we just divide and conquer to make it a little bit more practical for us, uh, or we look for that weeknight confession, whatever it works. It, it, we just have to plan it out instead of waiting until the, oh, I, I probably should have gone to confession today. Well, it's it's 425 now and confessions end at, at 425, so I guess I missed the boat on that. One of the other things I wanted to ask you about, Father, when we talk about the importance of praying, and I think this is a consistent message, uh, again, St. Faustina, St. Margaret Mary Alico, the Blessed Mother, all of us talking now, it's very easy to think I'm going to get my house in order. Me, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But you know, everybody else, I can't be responsible for you, which is true. I, I am not able to make choices for my neighbor who has free will. But that doesn't mean I can't pray that God would give them the actual grace they need. That if they're away from the church, if they're away from the sacraments, if they're away from this life of prayer, to have that conversion or moment or moments and come back or come for the first time into the life of the church. And I, I, I worry that sometimes I lose sight of that, that I am too much as for me in my house. And this First Friday devotion, especially, we pray in reparation for the sins others commit. We can be yes. praying for them to receive that grace every day as well, too, right? Absolutely. Well, I think that's part of the spirit of the First Friday devotion is to make it a daily remembrance. Even though we're looking at that First Friday, every day of the week, we're telling Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, for how you're not loved. I'm sorry for how you're neglected. I'm sorry for how you're treated. And so for us to develop this concern and compassion for Jesus's feelings, how he feels today, um, that helps us get outside of ourselves. And then that obtains additional graces for us to serve our neighbors. And so, again, that's one of the another great tricks of the devil is isolationism and just me and my island. You know, that's all I can control and that's all I'm going to worry about. But we're really called to be that communal body of Christ and work together and in, in to support and build up each other. Well, this is, as we said, a timeless message uh, that becomes more and more urgent with every passing year, sometimes in very new ways. I think if you look at the world when our Blessed Mother appeared at Fatima or when our Lord appeared to St. Margaret Mary Alico, uh, the, the world has changed greatly and yet in some ways is very much the same. But one message is clear. The Father is only going to tolerate this for so long. And I imagine, uh, Father Geraci, that when God intervenes, uh, much like when Dad intervenes at home, it's probably not going to be the most enjoyable moment of our lifetimes. And we might be looking back saying, oh, you know, they warned me. I probably should have listened to that. Right, right. 
There are many different approaches on how the father will intervene, but none of them are pleasant. Well, there you have it. So that, that that's today's uh, reminder. And it's not just a reminder for you. This is not Father and Adam saying, you need to do this. Look at you, you terrible sinner. It's we all need to do this. Uh, I'm not perfect. Father's not perfect. We all have our struggles. We all have our temptations. We all have our sins. So let's acknowledge it. Let's deal with it. Let's, let's ask God for the grace we need, not just for ourselves, but for our neighbor, for our culture, that we all might have that conversion and come back to him. Uh, it would be a wonderful, wonderful way for us to spend, as Father said, just 15 minutes four times a day at a, a minimum. Surely we can find that time. Father, could I ask you to close us out with a, a prayer for our listeners and our viewers? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we bless and thank you for the gift of our divine adoption in the blood of your Son, also our redemption. Lord, help us truly recognize our dignities as sons and daughters that were purchased at such a great price. Help us come together as a family, Lord, turn from our evil ways, turn from our sinful ways, and come to cooperate with you and allow you to bring the good work you've begun in each of us to fulfillment. And may Almighty God bless and keep you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, thank you so much for being with us. For more on the Fathers of Mercy, check out fathersofmercy.com. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Don't go anywhere. A most commendable indulgenced prayer to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, Shower copiously thy blessings on thy holy church, on the supreme pontiff, and on all the clergy. Grant perseverance to the just, convert sinners, enlighten infidels, bless our parents, friends, and benefactors, assist the dying, liberate the souls of purgatory, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of thy love. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, most kind, Bless us now and in death's agony. From a sudden and unprovided death, deliver us, O Lord. Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, if you are, did you know that Covenant Network offers great programming 24 hours a day on 43 stations in five states, plus streaming online? You can find our schedule, your local station, or listen online at www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R catholicradio.org. Well, here we are on this Monday. It's time for a new week of Daily Doses of Encouragement with Patty Schneier. And this week, we are going to be talking about someone that we are all called to love. Patty, so good to have you with us. Well, hi, Adam, and hello, listeners. Uh, it's another week, another topic for our Daily Dose of Encouragement. And this week, I want to talk about love for our priests. I think this is very, very important. I am the mother of a priest, so actually it's very near and dear to my heart. But actually, the love for our priests is something that in our family started long before my son's vocation to the priesthood. And I can honestly say I think it makes a difference for our priests. So I'm going to give a couple of suggestions. If you have a love for priests, and I think we all should try to foster this, here's something very simple that you can do. Talk to your priest after Mass. Sounds crazy, but many people just walk out of church. They don't stop to talk to Father. Think about that. Father, this on Sunday, that's his family day. You are his family. We, the church, are his family. It's his chance to talk with his family. So stop after Mass. Thank him for Mass. Say, Father, thank you for bringing us the Eucharist. 
or thank you for a beautiful mass. Thank your priest every Sunday as you walk out of church. Shake his hand, stop, and talk to him. The other thing is, I think this is very, very important for children, for families with children. Your children need to grow up learning that we stop after Mass and talk to Father, and we thank Father for bringing us the Eucharist. Your children are watching. They'll learn a very important message by this one small, tiny act of just showing love for priests by stopping and talking to them after Mass every Sunday. A great reminder for us on this Monday. Friends, I want to thank Patty Schneier for this daily dose of encouragement. Well, we changed the sound bank on my thing mid-show here. That's my fault there. I was going to give you some good music. Instead, I'm hitting the wrong buttons here on this Monday morning. But isn't that Monday for all of us? We go to hit something or we go to do something and we just do it the wrong way. Here, here, Here's a little music for us as we do this here and go to the end. Ah, you know, I love Mondays, and I love the laughter Mondays bring. My daughter said to me this morning as we're heading out the door, I go, do you have a jacket? You know, I know it's going to be warmer later, but you need a jacket now. She says, oh, yeah, Dad, it's in the van. It's in the van. And then we get to the van. We get all the way to my in-law's house to drop the kids off so they can have breakfast and be taken to school. And I say, where's your jacket? You said it was in the van. She goes, oh, yeah, it wasn't in the van. I I guess I forgot that. I'll just not have a jacket today. Now, I know they have a spare for her, and she'll be fine this morning, but... That's Monday, and we just roll with it. It's also the start of National Vocation Awareness Week, and I love talking about vocations. You know that. Uh, And here's the thing. Every one of us has a vocation. We're all called to something. Now, I'm not talking about what many of us would look at as our job, uh, perhaps our second vocation. I'm talking about that primary vocation. Are we called to marriage? Are we called to the priesthood? Are we called to religious life? Are we called to the consecrated single life? Uh, I, I have a friend I understand is considering she's discerning becoming a professed perpetual virgin and I think that's an amazing thing and an amazing witness in the world but what is God calling us to now many of us you and I have figured that out already we know that you know like for instance I'm married I'm pretty confident that that's what God was calling me to so was the church and throughout our discernment and time of engagement Beth and I discerned and discerned and now we're married and have kids but that doesn't mean that we get to say all right well we figured out our vocation so we don't have to do any more work no now the question is how do we live out our vocation in the world today specifically in our home there's a joke that the, the kids, if I if I sneak a kiss with Beth, the girls especially go, oh, Daddy and Mommy smoochy smoochied. And sometimes we, we see if they're paying attention. I'll just give her a little peck on the cheek. And then if we hear the, oh, we know they're paying attention. But it's good for them to see us live out that vocation of marriage. And in the world today, you and I who are married, the world needs to see us living out holy, healthy, joy-filled marriages. Uh, But we also need to pray for vocations. I've got five kids. You know kids. You know teenagers. You know people that maybe they have not discerned their vocation yet. Are you praying for them? Are you praying for your parish? Are you praying for the young people in your parish or those who might have a vocation? You know, older vocations are a thing as well. I just got to meet a few priests this year that went to seminary later in life and uh, praise God for their vocations. Are we praying for them? Are we praying that within our own communities, Not only, we know God's calling people. We know he's calling them to vocations. But are we praying that they would generously respond to God's call? 
If not, why not? Let's include that with our intentions, with our daily rosary or with our daily chaplet or when we go to Mass, maybe praying a prayer before Mass, maybe praying in your prayers of thanksgiving after Mass, maybe praying with your morning offering, maybe just adding one of those aspiratory prayers throughout the day. I, I have a friend that every time we would go to a holy hour, one of the prayers he would tack on to his prayers was, O Lord, send us priests, O Lord, send us holy priests, O Lord, send us many holy priests and religious vocations. And he would ask specifically for those things. Are you and I doing that this week? Not just this week, but every week. How can you support vocations in your parish? How can you support vocations in your diocese? One of the things is maybe you see that young man who's been an altar server. Have you said something to him and said, have you considered a vocation to the priesthood? Have you discerned whether or not God might be calling to you? Now, you don't have to talk him into it. That's not your job. You don't have to make the case for why. Uh, You know, again, that's probably not our job. But to ask that question of those we know, to say, you know, perhaps God is calling you. Have you ever thought about that? Because the minute you ask that question, they either have to completely ignore you or they have to think about it. And you never know what instrument you could be in God's hands for that. You know, all things with charity, of course. And uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing for us to do. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. O Lord, send us priests. O Lord, send us many holy priests. O Lord, send us many holy priests and religious vocations. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for spending another hour with us here on Roadmap to Heaven. I'm Adam Wright. It's been a joy to be with you on behalf of Covenant Network. You know the challenge. We've given it to you threefold today. Pray for the dead especially if you can get to a cemetery and do the indulgenced work of praying for them to obtain a plenary indulgence or partial indulgence. Pray for vocations, and most especially, pray your rosary today.